Welcome to another episode of Faith Cafe with Pastor Rachel. Hey, I'm so glad that you've chosen to stop by. Grab a cup of your favorite coffee and let's chat. I'm so excited that you're with me this morning. I am drinking my uh, favorite cup of coffee lately, and that is a large decaffeinated coffee with a couple of French vanilla creamers. I'm telling you what, sometimes it's just about keeping it simple. The other day I was talking to my daughter and she was just like, you know, you ought to try this new iced coffee. And I'm, I'm a, I love coffee, all sorts of coffee. Um, but iced coffee is just not one of my, you know, like my, my, my preference. And so I, I prefer hot coffee, even in, even in the hot, hot summer. I prefer hot coffee. However, she said, you should try this blueberry coffee with a cream cheese cold foam. And I said, no, no, thank you. French vanilla for me. And so sometimes, you know, cream cheese uh, in my coffee is something way outside of my comfort zone. And I tell you what, that um, perhaps, perhaps yours too. I don't know. She says it's very delicious. Uh, well, it, that's yet to be seen. I guess when I try it, I will let you guys uh, know and I'll report back. For now, I'm saying no to the cream cheese in my coffee. But you know, that's the way it is, right? Sometimes we are, we go outside of our comfort zone or we're called to go outside of our comfort zone and, and somebody tries to draw us out and we're just like, no, 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 it's French vanilla for me. Thank you very much. Um, and other times you try it and it's the best thing ever when you step outside that comfort zone and you have a new experience and, and, and it can just, I mean, blow your mind. And so how do you feel whenever you're called outside of your comfort zone? What is that gut reaction to you? Is it something like mine? Like, oh, absolutely not. No, thank you. I'll stick to my vanilla. Or are you a person that naturally says yes to all the new experiences and, and uh, would like to, to try all the things or to do the things, right, that are outside of your comfort zone? Some of us are risk takers. Some of us like structure. Neither one of them are wrong. It's just simply the way that we are. However, when we put that uh, into a spiritual perspective, it changes a bit. Because I believe that every single one of us is called to stand up for what is right, for what is truth. And sometimes that takes us stepping outside of our comfort zone to stand up. To stand up for what we believe. To stand up for what we know to be true. Because it's not always a popular opinion. It's not always going to go with the current. Many times it's going to be against the current. And this is not anything that's new. I mean, you go back to the scriptures, you look at what Jesus had to com uh, confront, right? It was, it was something that was totally different. His message of the gospel was something that was totally against what the norm was, the cultural norm of the day. And we go back even further than that. We look at the prophets of old and we see that there was times when they had to stand up boldly for what they believed, regardless of what the consequences were going to be. And I'm sure many of them stepped outside of their comfort zone, but they had to do it. They signed up for that. And I'm telling you, it's easier for us to be passive Christians and to just say, you know what? I mean, how, let's just, if, if you can't, if you can't beat them, just join them. And we're seeing that happen all around us. We're seeing people that are uh, constantly changing their stance on what we know to be true. And, and all we can say is, God, help us. When those of us who are called to preach the truth, when those of us who are called to share the gospel, dilute it or succumb to the culture and start to backtrack and start to make excuses for the scripture 
and for what it says. You and I were not called to add or take away from the scripture. It is God-breathed, inspired by the Holy Spirit, just as it is. It is important for us as Christians, as followers of Christ, to stand up boldly in the face of adversity against the current and to preach the gospel. Not always popular and definitely for some of us outside of our comfort zone. But let's go to the scripture. And we're going to talk today briefly about uh, Elisha going up to Damascus. Let's talk about it. Second Kings chapter 8, verse 7 through 15. It says, Elisha went to Damascus and Ben-Hadad, king of Aram, was ill. When the king was told, the man of God has come all the way up here, he said to Hazael, take a gift with you and go to meet the man of God. Consult the Lord through him. Ask him, will I recover from this illness? Hazael went to meet Elisha, taking with him as a gift 40 camel loads of all of the finest wares of Damascus. He went in and stood before him and said, your son Ben-Hadad, king of Aram, has sent me to ask, will I recover from this illness? Elisha answered, go and say to him, you will certainly recover. Nevertheless, the Lord has revealed to me that he will in fact die. He stared at him with a fixed gaze until Hazael was embarrassed. Then the man of God began to weep. Why is my Lord weeping? asked Hazael. Because I know the harm that you will do to the Israelites, he answered. You will set fire to their fortified places, kill their young men with a sword, dash their little children to the ground, and rip open their pregnant women. Hazael said, How could your servant, a mere dog, accomplish such a feat? The Lord has shown me that you will become king of Aram, answered Elisha. Then Hazael left Elisha and returned to his master. When Ben-Hadad asked, What did Elisha say to you? Hazael replied, He told me that you would certainly recover. But the next day, he took a thick cloth, soaked it in water, and spread it over the king's face so that he died. Then Hazael succeeded him as king. Wow. When we talk about the prophet Elijah, before he was taken to heaven, he asked Elisha what he would have him do for him. And you want to know what Elisha asked for? A double portion of Elijah's spirit. Elijah responds, you don't know what it is that you're asking for. See, because you're going to see things. And you're going to know things. And just as in our account today, you're going to be given the ability to see beyond what's right in front of you. And it's going to break your heart. But nevertheless, you're asking for this. So you're going to have to stand firm and stand tall, even in the face of adversity. Elisha definitely got it. The scripture tells us that after walking alongside Elijah, witnessing and experiencing the hard realities of a prophet's life, Elisha asked for even more than that. More clashes with rulers, more persecution, more of being the unwanted uh, voice, but most importantly, more speaking the truth of Yahweh. A double portion of Elijah's spirit, whatever this cryptic phrase means, it reveals the heart of a man who longed 
to know and serve God in a powerful way, no matter what the consequences were. And we see that in today's scripture reading. He knew what he had signed up for. He knew that this life of a prophet was hard, but nevertheless, this is what he wanted. A lot of times we seek and we ask God, I want more of you, God. I want more of you, God. God, give me, give me more. I want to, I want to know, I want to see. And, and you don't know a lot of times what it is that you're asking for. Because what are you going to do with this knowledge? What are you going to do with this revelation? What is it that you're going to do? What you're called to do is to stand up in truth. Is to stand up in the face of adversity. That's exactly what Elisha did this morning. You know what he did? The Bible tells us that he stands up and he tells him, yeah, go ahead and tell him that he's going to recover. Nevertheless, the Lord has revealed to me that he will in fact die. And when he begins to weep, and Hazael just looks at him until he's embarrassed. Why was Hazael embarrassed? Because Elisha could see beyond the question that he had just asked. He saw beyond all the gifts of the finest things of Damascus. He saw beyond what was right in front of him, behind Hazael's eyes, and he saw murder, destruction, death. And it ripped his heart into. But he wasn't afraid to stand up to Hazael and to tell him, this is what I saw, this is what I know that you're going to do. When Hazael responds disbelieving, he says, you were going to become the king. And sure as Elisha told him that day, the scripture says that he goes, and when he gets there and he returns to his master, the next day he kills him. Surely Elisha knew he was dealing with the murderer that was right in front of him. His life could have ended in that moment. He saw it. He knew it. Nevertheless, he was willing to stand up in the face of adversity and speak the truth. Guys, I'm telling you something. It's important for us to understand that we're asking God to give us more. We want more of you, God. We want more of you, God. Asking him for more is us asking to stand up and to, re- and to, and to take on that responsibility of being the reflection of God's love here on earth, but also being people that stand firm and stand tall and speak the truth in God's love. Speaking the truth in love, but speaking the truth nonetheless. And that's not always easy to do. That takes us outside of our comfort zones a lot of times. Because the culture and society, they want to do whatever they want to do. They want to live their own truth. They don't want to know the truth the way, the life that is Jesus Christ. They just want to do what they want to do. And they want you to accept it. 
and they want you to like it and they don't want you to have a word to say about it. But if we're asking for God to give us more, then we're asking for us to also have more responsibility. And in this society and in this culture, we're asking for God to empower us to stand up, to be able to stand in the face of adversity and speak the truth. When Elisha stares at Hazael, he's staring at him until Hazael gets embarrassed. Because the look that I'm sure he was giving him was a look like you should repent of the things that you are planning. There is still an opportunity for your heart to be softened. There's still a chance. And Hazael knew that he had saw him. I'm telling you, it's not always easy to stand up for what is the truth. It's going to make people uncomfortable. It's going to put you in a position where you're not going to be popular. It's exactly what happened to Elisha. Nevertheless, he did it. And I'm telling you that you have to stand firm today for what you know to be true. But it can't just be your truth and it can't just be your opinion because a lot of times that's what we do. We are a people that want to take the shortcut a lot of times as well. And as Christians, sometimes we don't know what's in the scripture, but we take one word and we stand up and we want to make an entire um, series or sermon or do whatever, right? We want to, we want to go on and, and tell people what we think to be true and what we think to be right without having the solid and proper foundation. And you can, get, you can get caught up in the minutia of doing what you think is right instead of speaking the truth, which is in God's word. And so you have to be careful. And you have to guard your own heart first. As the reality is truth tellers and truth speakers sometimes begin with pure hearts, but they're later sidetracked by all the needs and all the things that have to be done to further their cause. Don't get caught up in that trap. Because then all you're spreading is your opinions of what you think is true. And not the actual truth. And that can be a danger zone. Why? Why can it be a danger zone? Because you're, then you're just pushing your agenda and your thoughts and your opinions So first, dig into the scripture. First, fall passionately in love with God. Elisha, he was in love with Yahweh. He was passionately, fervently seeking more of God, even though he knew what was waiting up ahead. That's why he asks Elijah for a double portion you want a double portion of this? And he said, yes. Yes, I do. Because I want to stand firm and I want to stand up for Yahweh. And I'm telling you that you have to serve God first with that passion, with that desire, with that fervorance. 
And he is the one who empowers you to stand firm when sometimes it's outside of our nature or outside of our character to get out of our comfort zone when sometimes that's just not us. He is the one who empowers us to be able to stand firm and stand up and speak the truth. But know this, that number one, you have to be solidly grounded in God's truth, in God's word. And you have to have a desire and a passion to serve him above anything else. And then you have to speak the truth, but you have to speak the truth in love. And as you speak the truth, I'm going to tell you something. Don't just take your own um, uh, comprehension or understanding of one thing. I want you to, to really dig into the scriptures and really research and really know and really get to know the scripture for what it, for, for what it is. Not your interpretation of let's, let's get into the scripture and let's really know what's happening there. Because it's really easy to give our interpretation of things. But our interpretation aren't, aren't what makes the difference. It's the word that makes the difference. And that's why you have to know the word. You have to hide it in your heart. You have to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that what you are standing firm on is the truth. And you only know that when you dig in, when you get to know it, when you ask the Holy Spirit to give you revelation and understanding of the scriptures. So don't rush to do these things. Make sure you're taking your time. Make sure you're, you're digging into the word first for yourself. And then you can share this. And it'll make a difference. It definitely will. I'm not telling you it won't. You know, it'll make a difference because it's God's word that you're standing on. And so I want us to, to prayerfully this, this week examine our hearts. And what does God's truth need to to inform your thoughts. Where, I'm sorry, where does God's truth need to inform your thoughts? Examine your heart. God, if I have a preconceived opinion about something that may be totally wrong, show me, lead me, guide me, illuminate me so that I will be able to know the truth because the truth is what will set people free. And it, was, it is what will embolden me to speak the truth. And God, I, I want a heart like yours to be able to speak the truth in love. In love. That's key. Because a lot of people just want to speak the truth. They want to speak it in condemnation. They want to speak it because uh, they want to show you where you're wrong. How about we learn to speak the truth in love? There's nothing wrong with exhorting people. There's nothing wrong with, with directing people or, or, or um, giving people direction. There's absolutely nothing wrong with correcting people either. But make sure that it's not just your opinion that you're using for it. Make sure that you're digging into the scripture and that you're speaking God's truth, but you're speaking it in love because that will make all the difference in the world.
guys this week. I hope that you will take some time and I hope that you will um, just ask the Lord to come in and to examine you, to inform you, to shine the truth in your life first and to make it real for you first so that you can share it with the world. I'm going to read a prayer from the book of worship as we close today. O God, our Father, who did send forth thy Son to be King of kings and Prince of peace, grant that all the kingdoms of this world may become the kingdom of Christ and learn of him the way of peace. Send forth among all people the spirit of goodwill and reconciliation. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Thank you for joining us today. May you have a wonderful rest of your week. It has been a pleasure to have some coffee and to chat with you all things. Christ's love, mercy, and peace. Until next time, goodbye.